Well, well, amen. Good morning, class. Glad to see you today. I have a number of things I need to do before I jump into uh, our passage today. And uh, this is going to be hard because, you know, you all played hooky last week. I was in here. I was, and you weren't here. So you have to have two sermons today. Yeah, yeah, calm down. <laughs> Let me mention a couple of things. My brother, um, Mike, just uh, stole my thunder. Where did he go? Mike, where'd you go? Oh, no, he's, this is great. I think he's a Christian. Um, the daily Bible reading schedule. So I wanted to make sure you knew that that was there. Also, I'm going to invite you, like we've done before, to Q&A me. Because there's no way you're reading this thing and not going, what is that? What? There's got to be at least one or two of those in there. Come on, be honest. Right? Am I right? So Q&A. How comes? What happened? I mean, I, had, I have a person in the church. He's, he's pushing like multiple wives now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was like, come on. That's not the original intent. So... What about that? What about household gods, these godly people following the Lord, household gods? What are they doing with that? Um, Proof to me that the word of God is true. I've said this before. If you were going to write a book to start a religion and found a religion, you wouldn't write this thing. Am I right? I mean, listen to these things. Just a couple. Lot's daughters. You're already past that, right? Dinah's brothers, treachery, right? Judah and Tamar. I mean, excuse me? Abraham and Isaac fibbing about their wives. And then Joseph's brother. What a lovely family. Let's kill him. No, no. Let's only sell him into slavery. And then it's such a great story, by the way. Um, Joseph, uh, there, there are some um, great principles in that. That story, uh, suck that one in as deeply as you can when you read that. Read it deeply. Don't just try to speed read through it, okay? And uh, I mentioned that some highlights of the things that we've covered already. Yes, before the law was ever written, some of the prophets were tithing. Okay, so that went nowhere. Um, this amazing picture of Jacob wrestling with the angel. Anybody pick up on that? Which has been a standard Christian illustration of wrestling with God. Not wrestling as, as, as though I want to beat him, but that I want to prevail with God, that I want to learn how to pray through, as the old timers used to say it. And then Joseph, the sovereignty of God over good and evil. You haven't, if you're, if you're obeying the schedule, you haven't quite got to the end of the story yet, but there's a verse that's worth memorizing at the end of the story. You meant it for evil. God meant it for... Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. (laughs) Yes, God meant it for good. A humble servant who God honors because he has the right attitude of sonship to make his father, whoever the father may be at the time, successful. God blesses him. And he rises to authority. And what a model illustration of forgiveness. Absolutely amazing, right? 
So I just wanted to mention that. Um, Sabrina, did you have some of those out there for people to pray? So you want a little pretty picture, a prayer reminder? There is one. So are they out there? They will be in the... Okay, so she'll be... Oh, she'll be back there. Take, keep those cards and letters coming in, folks. All right. So, boom, boom, boom. And don't you even get started. No. <laughs> so today um, we are on the series about the Ten Commandments. Everybody remember that? I know it seems like a long time ago. And there's been a lot of buzz about it. And so I'm hoping I can completely squelch that. No, I'm kidding. I want the buzz to continue that people are kind of excited to be learning the word and understanding some of the principles that we're finding in here. So what I would like to do today, since our title is Honest to God... I did start on the command about lying two, three weeks ago now, right? But I didn't finish. I really didn't say all that needs to be said. There are a few of these commandments that there's just no way I'm going to be able to say them in one week, okay? I don't mean I can't read the verse in one week. I mean it's going to take some unpacking to make sure we fully grasp. Well, what I've chosen as a, as a uh, text for today is the book of 1 John. If you, don't have a, if you have a Bible, 1 John, the first chapter. So find your way there. If you want to use the black book in your chair in front of you, this is our, uh, our uh, seat Bible. Uh, help yourself. Open it to page 1218, 1218. And that's the page that it's on. I'm not putting this on the screen on purpose. I would like you to follow along. And I'm going to ask you to do something. If you're not feeling well, you don't have to. But would you stand as we read the Word of God? And brothers and sisters, it is the Word of God. God is light. Chapter 1 of 1 John, verse 5. Follow along as I read it. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Oh, here it is. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And all of God's people said, Amen. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Allow me to pray. Open our eyes, God. Open our ears. Help us see what you really say and help us not to change what you say to make it easier for us. (laughs) Because actually it isn't easier for us. It makes it more complex. So help us, God. Illumine our minds. Be working by your spirit, invading people's personal lives, ambushing some of them for your glory. And for their ultimate joy, even though they don't know it yet. Well, thank you for helping us in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Isn't that a great passage about being sinners? We lie to ourselves that we don't have sin. 
one of the funnest things, I don't see my brother, but there's a new brother in the Lord. It was kind of fun this last week. He was reading the daily Bible. I don't know what got into him. And he says to me, do you see the stuff in there? The ground open up and swallow people alive. And pop He's like, whoa, that's his reaction. But here was the best part. This was the best part. That should have been me. If it wasn't for Jesus paying for my sins, I went, that is the reality. You get it. Too many Christians don't get it. It hasn't settled down into our DNA yet that that is absolutely true and vital. So our title today is Honest to God. I've got the little asterisk because I always have to explain where I stole it from. It's an expression we people use, right? Honest to God. I'm telling you the truth, right? That's because we're so used to lying. We have to say honest to God so that maybe you'll listen to me. But it was the title of a book years ago, Honest to God, by A.T. John A.T. Robinson, the Bishop of Woolwich, who really in 1963 wrote a book that basically taught situational ethics. Situational ethics. I'm sorry, I just had something distract me that I have to pay attention to what I'm doing right here. My apologies. ADD. Okay, we're all right. In his book, Situational Ethics, is the beginning of the slide going back to the 50s, 60s, and 70s where anything goes. And now, look at the wonderful place we are culturally today, how it has paid off. And it was a religious writer in the Christian zone, who came up with this. Somebody interviewed C.S. Lewis at the time. They asked him, what do you think of that controversial new book, Honest to God, by John Robinson, the Bishop of Woolrich? Lewis replied, I prefer being honest to being honest to God. Get it? <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, also, Bill Hybels, a great evangelical preacher, one of the larger churches in the North American continent, Honest to God was the title of his book with a question mark at the end because he was saying, where, where is the life of self-examination for Christians? Why isn't there more obvious change into Christ's likeness? And so he brought them through a little study to help do this. Oh, I could have had a V8, one of those, right? That was his book. But that's where the title came from, Honest to God. Thinking about it because... That is what God calls us to. He calls us to be honest with him, with ourselves, with our brothers and sisters, or with our fellow man. He calls us to be more like him, if you will. I had to um, look back over my notes from last week and really slash a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm really glad I did. I will come back to some of the things I want to say. Why are we parking on the law? Because I want to institute the strongest legalistic church I can possibly create. That's a fib. I just broke the ninth commandment. No, that's not why. I'll tell you why. And I wish I had time to unpack it, but I don't today. We don't really understand grace until we see what the law says we've done wrong. We don't understand how messed up we are until the truth of the word screams into our brain and we go, oh my gosh, 
I see the Lord lifted up, right? We just sang that song. What happened when Isaiah saw the Lord lifted up? Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm living with people with unclean lips. Boy, does that fit with today's commandment. I'm dead meat. You need to have that new Christian epiphany. If it wasn't for the grace of God. And what we get wrong, and I don't want to belabor it, but we get wrong that if Christ's intervention on the cross has taken care of us, sin, which it has, my brothers and sisters, you need to know that truly. Past, present, and future sins are dealt with. That's not an excuse to keep sinning. So I got a little enthusiastic there. I'll calm down now. Who can remember the order of the commandments, right? Because I love to always ask people when I'm witnessing to somebody, oh, I try to keep the Ten Commandments. What are they? Uh, uh, uh. So let's start at the top. Number one is God. Number two is idols. Number three is, oh, oh, trip, trip. Uh-huh, huh? Thank you. You know, there's a logic to this, right? It goes from the priority of God then it starts to segue into social effect. And then it gets down to societal effect. You follow me? So God idols the name above every name. Then the Sabbath, because it's about God and man's well-being. It's about both. Sabbath. Then what's next? Parents, the representation of God in the flesh, if you will. Then... Murder. Keep going down. Huh? Immorality, adultery, stealing, lying. The place you have to begin between your ears to stop climbing up the ladder is what you're feeling in your heart, right? So God takes you from the... That's why I'm taking it from the bottom up. Okay? Very good. I think you all passed. Nah, not really. Okay. So, with that in mind, let me show you today's commandment. Today's commandment is the ninth commandment, which says this. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Why is that so important? I have a clip from a very spiritual movie you need to watch, which explains why we need this. You be careful. People in masks cannot be trusted. I'm waiting! Hello there! Slow going? Look, I don't mean to be rude, but this is not as easy as it looks, so I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't distract me. Sorry. Thank you. I don't know, suppose you've got to spit things up. If you're in such a hurry, you could lower a rope or a tree branch or find something useful to do. I could do that. I've got some rope up here, but I do not think it would accept my help, since I am only waiting around to kill you. That does put a damper on our relationship. (laughs) I promise I will not kill you until you reach the top. That's very comforting, but I'm afraid you'll just have to wait. 
I hate waiting. I could give you my word as a Spaniard. No good. I've known too many Spaniards. Is there any way you'll trust me? Nothing comes to mind. I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya. You will reach the top alive. Throw me the rope. <laughs> oh, dear. I told you it was spiritual. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, oh, my. I'm not... <laughs> Had one of my family say, we're listening to you. We're going out and watching more movies. So, Princess Bride. Nothing comes to mind. I give you my word. No. Nope. Other people give me their word. I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will reach the top. Okay, throw me the rope. Takes a little bit of persuasion, right? When we're so used to people lying. That makes it very hard to find people trustworthy. So that's why in the scripture we have this kind of instruction. Don't give false testimony against your neighbor. Here's a New Testament version of it. Above all, my brothers, do not swear by heaven or by earth. You shouldn't have to swear on the soul of your deceased parent. That's the point. By heaven or earth or use any other oaths at all. If you mean yes, you must say yes. If you mean no, say no. Otherwise, you're making yourselves liable to judgment. Just tell the truth. How hard is that? Obviously, it's pretty hard sometimes. We're growing into the image of Jesus. We want to look more like him. He was, he was the way, the truth, and the life. And God does not lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not going to change his mind. And so he speaks the truth. And so I want to be more and more like him. Have we all lied somewhere along the line? Duh. Do we still get tempted to? Double duh. Right? Especially when we're afraid. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? Those of you with fear issues which is everybody. Anyway, but some of us have it worse than others. All right. The Eighth Commandment, according to Luther's catechism, if I may, his small catechism. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What does this mean? Listen, we should fear and love God so that we do not lie about, betray, or slander our neighbor. It's not just about law. We, sh we don't betray, slander, or lie about our neighbor, but excuse him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Uh, I got to admit, I have broken that commandment more than twice. What is a false witness? A false witness is every untrue and unkind statement about our neighbor in court or daily life. Ow! Don't you hate these kind of people? When do we bear false witness in daily life? We bear false witness in daily life when we lie about our neighbor, betray him, or injure his reputation, get this, by slander or idle gossip. Yeah, I heard that groan, sort of. Don't speak evil of one another, brethren. James 4 and the verse that we just looked at a minute ago. In the Eighth Commandment, God requires that we always be truthful and sincere toward our neighbor. Listen now, because some of you are wondering about this, what I'm about to say. What happens when a person really is a scoundrel? So here it is. Luther wasn't dumb. He figured this out. Always be truthful and sincere toward our neighbor. Excuse him as far as the truth will permit. Try to put the best construction on everything. Okay? So he even asks, is it possible to speak about our neighbor's sins without bearing false witness against him? Yes. 
it's possible to speak about our neighbor's sins without bearing false witness against him when concern for the truth and our fellow man requires that we speak to our neighbor or the proper authorities about his sin. Duh. Okay, so I wanted to read that because we get so confused. And in a few minutes, I want to talk about one of the ways we do get confused about what does it mean to not bear false witness. It means stop lying and stop hurting one another by advancing yourself, twisting the truth, or just being cruel. Can you believe that there are people who actually like to be mean? Have you ever found that out to be true? Just mean. My wife, when we were raising our kids, she would just say to the kids, you don't need friends like that. You really don't. Blow them off. Ignore them. Pfft, who cares? Oh, but they're the in crowd. Uh, that's what that's worth. A waste of energy. Have you noticed that all the great sitcoms, whether it was great sitcoms, the Flintstones, uh, <laughs> the Honeymooners, I'm dating myself. Anybody even know who that is? Jackie Gleason, hey, to the moon, you know. Uh, you know, the honeymoon, right? The, every sitcom, every one of them is based on what? Lying. They start hiding the truth and things get so complicated. And when you're watching, as a kid, I used to go nuts on this. It was like, just tell the truth. Remember Aladdin? Tell her the truth, the genie says, you know. I'm in love with her. Tell her the truth. You... The more you lie, the worse you're making it. You know, I used to watch those sitcoms. Ah, I love Lucy. Where's, your wife should be here, right? I love Lu, Lu Hey, Luce. <sighs> lying, sneaking, always lying. No wonder life gets so complicated. Why is God so uptight about this? This is similar. This morning we had a little Bible study downstairs uh, in Gene's uh, class, and we talked about demonic agencies. We were discussing that. One of the reasons you're going to read as you work your way through the law after the, uh, the nation is formed and God gives the law, Ten Commandments, but there's a lot more. 613 mitzvot, acts of righteousness that the Jews were to fulfill. One of the commands you're going to see is his disdain of the nations around you that I'm driving out because they give themselves to mediums and spiritists and those who call up the dead and they watch the stars and they do. Why does God get so uptight about it? Because he says, shouldn't my people be asking me what the truth is instead of talking to the demons? Because that's where it comes from. So those of you who are you know, not quite sure that you're horoscope is right or wrong it's wrong and it, and it's it's not from god of course that's even nonsensical but take some other stuff that people are into today there's actually a danger involved i really that wasn't part of the sermon that was free but it just is you're going to get there as you start to dig through the scripture here's what god says why do i want to tell you the truth he's speaking to liars at the time the, um, the religious leaders who hated his guts, what was the reason for that? You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language because he's a liar and the father of lies. Whoa, how about that for in your face? What happened in Eden? Oh, did God say that? Come on. So take God's word and start to erode it, start manipulating. Oh, it wasn't, he was quoting, 
Satan knows the Bible better than you do, my friend. And he takes that truth and he twists it and distorts it so he can mess you up. So he lied. And out of lying came death. Death entered the world. People fell into it. And then what happened? Our parents started doing the same thing. It was her fault. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> same story today, right? Hey, it's her fault. His fault. No. I, I, uh. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. There's a good reason to study the law and unpack it so that we get it right. So that we get it right. A few minutes ago, I had to say, this is not what it means. We read a verse out of James that said, don't swear. So some of our cult friends are like, oh, I can't go to court. I can't raise my hand and swear on a Bible because it's, it's condemned in the scripture. That's not what it's saying. It's trying to communicate your normal lifestyle should be one of truth so that people trust you. It doesn't mean that when a court official says, put your hand on the Bible and raise your hand and swear, solemnly swear, I'll tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, that I'm sinning by doing that? Not at all. In fact, the Old Testament made room for those kind of commitments before God. We'll get to that when we get to not taking the name of the Lord in vain. But that's another subject. But you see, we get it wrong sometimes, so I want to make sure we get it right, to understand what it really means, what it doesn't mean, what it does mean. So let's look at that. What it does not mean and what it does... There it is. What it does mean. All right? What does it not mean? So you may have heard the story of the man who finally got fed up and divorced his spouse. He divorced his wife because when he came into the... Uh, lawyer's office, they said, can I ask why, why you are divorcing your wife? There's been no unfaithfulness. There's been no scandalous, terrible thing. What is the problem? He said, she lied to me for the last time. And he went, what? He said, yes. She said, take me shopping. I went to a place. She said, I'll be out in two minutes. <laughs> That's not what it means. Are you with me? It's not talking about expressions, figures of speech. That's ridiculous, you know. Um, it's not talking about that kind of thing, the way we, we communicate uh, in, in, in normal, uh, normal life. A- a- applications of speech, uh, um, odd oddities, like when we say in the, in the New Testament, it says Jesus was outside the city and all Jerusalem went out to see him. It doesn't mean literally every human being, the sick and the lame, climbed out of bed and went out to hear. It doesn't mean that. It's an expression. Everyone went out. Like your kids say to you, parents, everyone's doing it. Not true. To which you always respond, if everyone's jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge, right? What it does mean, what it does mean is stop trying to deceive my brother or neighbor, trying to cause harm verbally, gossiping, lying, manipulation. It does include filthy speech, by the way. You know what manipulation's like. You haven't gotten there yet, but you'll be coming up to the period of the judges, and there's this very questionable judge. Another reason why I believe that the Bible is the word of God, because nobody in their right mind would put the story of Samson in the Bible and make him a hero of the faith. 
You're, those of you who haven't gotten there, you'll find out when you read it. Kind of a sensual, undisciplined individual, very. But there was a genuine faith there. But he falls in love with a woman named Delilah who needles and nags. Anybody remember the story? You don't love me. (laughs) Ever had that happen in your home? (laughs) You don't love me. If you really love me, you'd tell me the secret of your great strength so I can turn you over to the Philistines and make a lot of money, stupid. (laughs) And he falls for it. Then she does it again. You don't really love me. Oh, my gosh. I hope, I hope none of you parents fall for that stuff, right? You don't love me. You're right. Go to your room. Right? Go to your room. You'll get over it. Oh, don't wait till I get started. We haven't got to honor your father and your mother yet, so we'll, we'll hit that later, okay? But you, you talk about the stuff that ruins the lives of people today. What ruins the lives of people? Drugs, sex, alcohol. Go down the line. It's always involving deception. Oh, this isn't as bad as you think. Oh, no, I know your friend. I know your mom told you not to. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 all that fear stuff. Until you're totally destroyed. Because you listen to a lie. Working your way up the ladder. I got a sidebar here. I don't know how much of this I can actually. Let me just read this one thing. You know, the, we think we're so enlightened. We, we, uh, you brought up a, a 1400s hymn. Did anybody notice the words to that? It's great stuff. So the Puritans, when they came, we all think of the Puritans, you know, as these stiffs, prune, prune pit sucking you know, stiffs. It's really not true. If you really dig in, it's really not true. And they, they wanted to believe in the Spirit's liberty and joy and all of that kind of stuff. Let me just read this. This is a book by a Puritan named William Gurnall. He wrote The Christian in Complete Armor Dealing with Our Warfare with Satan, just as an aside, because Satan is the deceiver. And he says this, Satan exaggerates the saint's sins. Want to talk about manipulation? Have you ever been paralyzed in your spiritual life because you're naughty? That's not God's will. His aim is to... to, to, Let me fix my teeth. His aim is to discredit not the sins but the saints. Here is his chief tactic to deliver his accusations as if they are an act of the Holy Spirit. He knows a charge from God's canon wounds deeply. Therefore, when he accuses a conscientious Christian, those of you who are conscientious about it, you really want to please God, he forges God's name on the missile before he fires it. Isn't that great stuff? No, you can't have my copy. He manipulates. He always takes a little bit of truth and pounds the snot out of you with it. Yes, I, am, I have a problem with this. Yes, you filthy... No- oh, that's right, that's right. If I'm listening to him, you, you get it? You get what I'm saying? Down, down I go. Down I go. Oh, I'm useless. I ought to just give up. 
Instead, speak the truth. Listen to the truth from God. That takes some work. Make sure you're hearing affirmation from him because there's plenty of truth. And some of us, I'm just going to be blunt. This is going to be kind of cold, I guess. We wouldn't recognize the Spirit's voice if he came up and spat in our left eyeball. I'm not probably right. I'm totally right on that. Tim Strait, our youth pastor, was um, talking about labels with his kids and had a, was trying to provoke a dialogue with the parents, right? Back and forth between... Here's, here's this very interesting thing. What are some of the labels and how do you feel about them? Do you think I as a parent have labels for you? What are they? How do you feel about God being able to see past our labels? Those are great questions. Depending on what I've been raised with, and I've got a few wounds in my background, father and mother wounds, that I look back and say, this was spoken into my soul. I'm still trying to root that garbage out because it wasn't true. You're useless. I told you a few weeks ago about one of the families I dealt with that this guy had nothing to say except that his kids were stupid, dumb, useless, would never amount to anything, and he made it happen. What a fantastic score. The opposite lie is, you're amazing. You walk on water. You can fly without wings. You don't even need an airplane. You're Superman. That's also a lie which everybody believes today. I'm brilliant. And of course, my children are all brilliant. Think about that. If everybody's brilliant, then who's dumb? That's not possible. That's a lie. Walk in truth. Have a healthy self-perception. Know what God has made you, how he's gifted you, how he's blessed you. Stop believing lies on either side. Okay, enough of that. No... We're running out of time, and my wife will kill me if I abuse the workers downstairs. Truth speak. Here we go. What? What? That's right. Hmm. The British invasion right there. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Is anything I'm saying today resonating at all? I didn't mean literally. There's a figure of... Anyway. What we're called to is to love our neighbor, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Part of loving your neighbor is to speak truth. Here's what it says. So from now on, did I go too far? Where is it? I got a problem here. Okay, I stopped clicking. So from now on, there must be no more lies. Speak the truth to one another, since we are all parts of one another. I almost tried to pull a little, um, you know, uh, Tonight Show gig, you know, when I started my message, have Billy Joel singing Honesty. Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard, but mostly what I need from you. I can always find someone to say they sympathize if I wear my heart out on my sleeve, but I don't want some pretty face to tell me pretty lives. All I want is someone to believe. And especially the saints. 
speaking the truth and love to one another. Not everything I have to say is going to be fun and warm and fuzzy. But I also want to speak life. So I want to love you. I want to call you. In fact, that's a good phrase that's been coming to me in the last few weeks. Calling us up to what God's looking for. Instead of wallowing where we shouldn't be. Now you have to do it because I threw the thing. Ryan, you can beat me later. Okay. Here's the next verse I wanted to show you. Ephesians 4.29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. There's an exhortation about the kind of language and the way I talk. It's not that I can't speak the truth sometimes and it might be painful, but it means that I'm trying to build you up. Good for edification means the upbuilding of the congregation, the upbuilding of the saints. Okay, so here's one I'm going to have to hit rapid fire. I'm going to have to skip the end about honest to God. We're going to have to come back to it because there's no way, no way I have time to legitimately unpack that. We have to learn to speak truth to one another. And I don't have time to finish with this. We have to learn to tell the truth to God, which we don't do. There you go. That's the goal, right? So here we go. Two points I want to use in closing. One, I've had this happen multiple times. I think I've told you before. I refuse to go on Facebook. I don't even want to hear it. No one's going to persuade me otherwise. The um, the big power uh, ranger, uh, Rainer, who's, who's our consultant on the side, if you will, he says, you should do it. I'm refusing, and one day um, I'll be proven right. But <laughs> here's what I want to say. doesn't mean I don't want to ever know what's on there, but I've had so many people come to me and unload their burden about what they see supposed brothers and sisters saying on Facebook. I said that if I saw all of that, I'd probably resign the next Sunday, and I mean that with all my heart because I would be so discouraged that we don't know how to behave, even slightly resembling Christianity, that I would just give up. You can say I'm weak and sinful, and and all of that's true. But if you're taking shots at people and making statements on Facebook that you wouldn't say to a person's face, shame on you. Repent. One of the first things I learned from Sensei up north, and this is a non-Christian, respect for self, respect for others. I think you're totally wrong. I think your thinking is convoluted, yada, 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 yada. But I'm not called to say you're a jerk, dingbat, idiot, fool, dolt, pig, whatever. That's a quote from another movie, by the way. (laughs) Shame on you. Be respectful, even of your enemy. Doesn't the Bible say something about how we handle our enemies? I, this should be elementary, but apparently it's not. Speak words that profit. That's why I put this in your bulletin. And I want to go on record straight up and say, I handed this out to our MLT when I first got here, and I have not forced us to live up to it, and so shame on me. And I'm asking your forgiveness for that. All this is, it should have been in your bulletin. 
It is in the bulletin. Thank you. Nine Rules of Respect. Came from a guy named uh, C.W. Christian. Wrote it way back in 99. It was actually ten rules. I dropped one because the last rule, which is a pretty good one, and I may have to resurrect it. I never read anonymous mail. That was his last one. I never read anonymous mail because people are too nasty with anonymous mail. It's just not worth reading it. It's too destructive. So mostly I don't. Here's what it says. It's basically talking about Matthew, right? Acting like Christians with each other. That's all it's saying. If you have a problem with me, come to me privately. If I have a problem with you, I'll come to you privately. If someone has a problem with me, and when will they not have a problem with me? Come on. And comes to you, send them to me, and I'll do the same for you. If someone consistently will not come to me, say, let's go see the person together. I'm sure he'll see us about this. I'll do the same for you. Be careful how you interpret me. I'd rather do that. I'll be careful how I interpret you. I see people's faces sometimes. Oh, boy, they're mad. No, they're not. They just have a pain in their gut. You know, who knows? I'll be careful how I interpret you. If it's confidential, don't tell. That means bored, whatever. Uh, Unless someone's in danger, you get that. We have to break through on that. And this is what I love. I love this last thing. I do not manipulate. I will not be manipulated. Do not let others manipulate you. Oh, you don't love me. If you love me, you would tell me the secret. Shut up. I don't manipulate. And I'm telling you, I don't manipulate. I will. I had a gut. Never mind. I don't have time. I don't have time. I will not be manipulated. Do not let others manipulate you. And when in doubt, just say it. If you're trying to work together, when in doubt, just say it. Okay. If you're not working together, some things you shouldn't say. This only counts when I'm involved in interpersonal dynamics that I want to be healthy. If we as an assembly would live by that. Stop listening to all the griping over here and wanting me to go thump the person that ticked you off. Go to them yourself. If they won't listen, then come and get me or another brother or sister, and then we can help sort out. You know what? I think you're overreacting. You need to lay it down. Or, no, you're totally right. You need to soften your heart and repent. We'll give you time to do that. Go do that. Why don't you go pray about that? If that happened, can you imagine how much agitation would be diffused. So now that we've discovered that the Ten Commandments are completely irrelevant, I'm going to ask you to stand as I close us in prayer. That was a joke, not a lie. That was a joke, a figure of speech, because it's completely relevant. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, help us because you're calling us up to manifest the nature of Jesus himself, even to those crazy people out in the world and some of the crazy people in the church. Help us to glorify you. Give us grace. In the great name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. If you have kids downstairs, run and get them. I'm in fear.